pills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, Throw listeners, to an extra special edition of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills preview podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. It's a veritable family affair here at the Cassie Ozark residence. She's getting married in just a few days, so uh, a little shout-out here to Cassie, who's doing her last episode as a non-married woman. Cass, how does it feel knowing you're about to commit your life to this man, Jay, over here? As long as the Bills win on Thursday, that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty much how we're all feeling. Uh, so Cassie's family's here tonight. Ed and Don are coming in from Colorado, correct? So they're here getting a behind-the-scenes look at how things happen with Bills and Beers. And joining us tonight for the first time as well, uh, the, the Labatt rep, is that accurate? Chris is here as well. He brought the Labatt Blue. So we are now officially a Bills and Beers uh, sponsored by Labatt podcast. And finally, five seasons in, uh, he has a medical license and now he has a daughter. So getting him in for podcast and recording is kind of difficult. But he is the coordinator for the Lincoln Station Bills backers, Sujit Nagana. Is is here with us tonight. That's right. It's not racist. It's not racist. <laughs> Suji, thanks so much for joining us. And of course, uh, in for the long haul, as always, uh, Billy the Kid Nichols is here as well. So I've never seen Lars nervous for podcasts, but uh, I don't know. You're not going to see it tonight I see, either, bro. I see him sweating a little bit. No, I'm actually. I've been warm for a while. I had a jalapeno hangover burger at the Fedora Lounge as part of the River North Oktoberfest, and I've been sweating nonstop ever since. You went to a place called Fedora Lounge. It was part of the River North Oktoberfest, which is like a local vendor crawl. Anyhow, uh, we are the Bills Backers from Chicago, Illinois. So happy to join us. We're coming off of a win, a big win at home uh, over the. Yeah, baby. The reigning Super Bowl champ, Baltimore Ravens, we'll get into that. We've got plenty of voices here tonight, plenty of perspectives, and plenty to talk about in the short week with the primetime game coming up against the Cleveland Browns. Go Bills. Go Bills. So as mentioned up top, we did take down the reigning Super Bowl champs, Baltimore Ravens, and the game, I would say the score was a little uh, closer than the game actually was. I thought we handled them pretty well for the majority of the game. Suge, we're going to start with you this week. Uh, we are now officially, uh, I guess, sponsored by, we're not, I mean, it's obviously we haven't signed anything, so we're not officially <laughs> sponsored by the Bat, but we do have Labat Blue here brought to us by the rep, Chris. Uh, so who was your Labat Blue MVP of Sunday's matchup against the Baltimore Ravens? You know, I think that it all always comes down to either Aaron Williams or Kiko Alonso. And uh, because Kiko's gotten it, I think, in the past, and he's been kind of a star, and because Aaron Williams is starting a new position, I think we got to go with Aaron Williams. And because he's gotten beat up pretty bad the last season and a half, especially in Bill's Nation. But it's good to see him out there with a little fire and desire, got his confidence back, and he certainly looked good on Sunday. And you had been mentioning that I think the move to safety may have instilled some new confidence in him. And so then the move back to cornerback, he carried that confidence with him and was a completely different player. Speaking of confidence, uh, Suji looks cool and confident here on the microphone, does he not, for his first time out for Bills and Beers? Guy looks incredible. He does. <laughs> Cass, we'll go to you next. Who is your Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's game? Oh, it's got to be Fred Jackson. Mm. He's a solid go-to. He played well. He doesn't fumble the ball. He doesn't turn it over. He went for big yards. I, you just got to go with him. Got to love Fred. And there was so, so many times on Sunday where we looked at each other and said, man, he's just so good. He so just good. finds it and he gets there. Uh, Billy, we're coming to you now. Um, it's getting harder and harder to pick one now because we have so many bodies to take down these names. Who do you think was the Bat Blue MVP of Sunday's game? Well, uh, Sujit uh, is a is a this is the first time on a podcast, and I think uh, 
he is taking liberty to choose two players. He did the old Lars. And then go ahead and choose one from there. So um, even though he mentioned this guy, uh, I think it absolutely deserves mentioning again. That's Kiko Alonso. Uh, the guy, you know, here's the thing is in the past, even if we've had a player who we've you know, touted as having a great performance, he doesn't come up with the interception at the end of the game. Um, he doesn't clinch it like, he, like you know, Kiko did. And you know, just like Clay Matthews has the ability to just find himself in the right place at the right time, you, know, you can't teach that, and it looks like we've got a good player on our hands with Kiko. And lest we forget that this is two wins in a row now that Kiko has sealed for us, getting the sack on Cam Newton to end the Panthers game as well. Yeah, and I love it. He doesn't give a good interview, and it's fantastic. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love. I, I was care less if the guys, you know, brilliant or or not on the microphone. I was I was just saying to a coworker earlier tonight that I love that just like Leotis McKelvin and Kiko Alonso, we have a guy who has literally nothing but football between his ears. Yeah, <laughs> um, Chris, as the Labatt Blue rep, I feel like you should weigh in on Sunday's MVP. You're at the bar with us. Now, I understand you share your time between Delilah's and Lincoln Station. As a Lincoln Station's crew, we hold we hold no quarter against the folks at Delilah's, but I'm glad to see you. Uh, kind of move between the two. Who do you think was the Bat Blue MVP of Sunday's game? Uh, well, my pick for the Bat Blue MVP of the week, and, and there was a lot to watch, and, and I definitely uh, think Fred Jackson's up there, and, 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 but my pick goes to Kiko Alonso. Wow. I, 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 just, I love, the, uh, I love the, the, all the tweeting that's going on, and if you guys have seen it, the kind of the legend of Kiko Alonso yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the Hashtag. Chuck Norris vibe to it. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't even have to go for interceptions. The ball finds him in the backfield. Nice. It's hilarious. So that alone, his, all his picks on Sunday's game, I think he's leading the league in interceptions. Uh, that is just huge to me. With Jerry's bird out, having someone like that in the backfield who can make big plays, he gets my spot as the official Labatt MVP of the week. I uh, Okay, well, that's uh, we have a consensus here. I don't think we've ever come around with so many people. Mentioned already was Robert Woods, and I'm, I'm surprised to see nobody gave this guy love. Although I think this is very apropos of his performance as a professional thus far. That being, he plays extremely well. Bills fans all acknowledge it, but nobody really goes out of the way to be like, oh, that Robert Woods guy, he's great. Everyone just kind of quietly knows that he's good, and quietly he's putting together one hell of a rookie season. That said, my Labatt Blue MVP of the week is going to Marcel Darius. Another guy who has been gotten beat up by Bills fans. He suffered a family tragedy last year and, by all reports, couldn't really get his head back together for most of last season. Came up big with two sacks, is looking tough this week, or excuse me, this season. Uh, has been great against the run, and who knows if he's found new life in Mike Patton's scheme. But the big guy looks like he's having fun out there, and it's all we can really ask of him. So, on the flip side, it wasn't all roses on Sunday. So, somebody has to get the Jenny Cremail bummer of the week. Cass, we'll start with you again. You know what? You know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Jarius Bird. You know why? Because I think he's a pussy and a pansy, and he needs to get his ass back out in the field. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, and so did your parents. Um, uh, Bill, we'll, we'll switch it up. We'll come over to you. Uh, who was your Jenny Cremail bummer of the week? Uh, you know, I'm having a hard time really getting excited about Stevie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, for a guy who's supposed to be our guy... You know, uh, as uh, especially amongst the receiving core of of no names, he is not emerging as a player who's who's you know like a number one receiver. And hopefully, 
he turns it around and is able to like step up. But any big game he's been in, any situation where we really wanted to call his name, uh, it, it it hasn't come through. So uh, you know, we, we uh, aside from his game winner against Carolina. We sort of give him. Uh, I would say. I would say we <laughs> give him. I would say we give him a. We give him a free pass too often. No, um, I'm right because you, of because of good performances. Yeah. And you know but, that I'm right there with you. Yeah. The, the drop third down against New England and one of the interceptions last yeah. week went yeah. right off his hands. So I yeah. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Um, and by the way, I just wish. Well, I hate watching other teams play when they have receivers that just no name receivers that just go up and get the ball. I mean, can we give these guys some stickums or like, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, practice their vertical jumping or something? I mean, it's Agreed. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the problems is that we're just not built that way as a receiving core. You know, we tried with um, Hardy, Indiana, yeah, yeah. James Hardy. Oh, God. You know, and that was a hot oh. mess. You had to mention um, his name, and you, then we got rid someone? of David Nelson. You know, who he was punched another, his dad at a barbecue. And like let's be honest, had Cassie had Cassie not been getting married this week. Oh, yeah. She'd still be looking into David Nelson's eyes. Okay. Who uh, was actually just picked up by the New York Jets today. Yeah. Oh. So you'll get to see him yet again. Oh, don't, don't worry. I see him every single day on Instagram because I'm a big follower. And, and every night when you close your eyes and start dreaming. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so getting back to the, uh, the, the Jet, yes, Jet who's your email? Bummer. Bummer, bummer of the week, and yeah. no offense to North American Brewing, which is a fine company <laughs> that sponsors Jenny Cremail and Labatt Blue. Um, but... Uh, I would have to say that my bummer of the week remains T.J. Graham. Mm -hmm. Not because, I mean, I actually think he played better this week than he did in previous weeks, but the problem is that he is taking up a roster spot or a wide receiver's position from someone who I think has a lot of potential in Marcus Easley. And so I think that it would be really interesting just to give Easley a chance. And also, Easley is that big wide receiver yeah, we should, that we've been talking I about. I mean, you know, I think we all sort of had some oversight there with our uh, Labatt Blue uh, player of the week because Marcus Easley is playing <laughs> incredible on special teams. Yeah, he really That's is. True. He is down there every single time making a play. Now, uh, Chris, I don't mean to put you in a corner and besmirch uh, one of the fine <laughs> brands that your company represents. Do you have a Genesee Cream Ale Bummer of the Week? I have a Bummer of the Week. I won't mention the sponsor. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, I'm going I'm to stick with the Stevie Johnson on this one, and I have a lot of respect for the man, and I think he's an excellent, excellent player with a lot of potential. But uh, his maybe it's his, 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 his inexperience at the game. I just expect him to make him over those big plays. He's at, With a weak wide receiver core that we have, we don't have a lot of stars. He is our star to me, and he needs to make all those big plays every game for me really to continue to believe in him. And I, and I know he's had a big, big, uh, big play of Panthers game, but he's just dropping too many, I'd say, young mistakes, mistake balls that he needs to get a hold of. Yeah, and you know, and wide receivers have uh, few and far. The, their opportunities are few and far between. And when he gets them, he's got. To, especially when we run the ball fifty-five times, and we haven't even come back to that yet. That we ran the ball fifty-five times. Amen. I mean, Amen. whole. I mean, and props to the coaching staff. They said in the offseason they were going to do it, and they're doing it. Uh, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb a little bit for my guy, um, and I'm only, I'm only going to give it to this guy because. He plays his best football when we don't hear his name, and unfortunately we did hear his name twice, at least twice on Sunday, and that's Cordy Glenn. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, Eric Eric yeah, and but I I, I have a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, I have it's a sneaking suspicion. I, 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 I have a sneaking suspicion that he feels compelled to play a little dirtier to make up for the inefficiency to his immediate left. Uh, but to that guy's immediate left is Cordy Glenn, and 
he's been a stud so far. He's going to continue being a stud. I have no doubt about that. But if you're going to be a stud left tackle, you need to play mistake-free football. We didn't have that from him on Sunday. But all things considered, it could be a lot worse. And as Bills fans, we certainly know that. Okay, great. Well, this has been a great recap of the Baltimore game. We've got a primetime game coming up in Cleveland. It's going to be quite a game. Uh, Let's not waste any time and get into it now. So, the, so we all know that the entire nation will be watching the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills. This is this is reports. Early early reports have it have it you know pretty much a, a foregone conclusion that this will be the uh, most watched NFL game in history. Um, unbeknownst to these uh, these fans all over the country, all over the world, uh, the Buffalo Bills are. Uh, about one in their last, what, 13 uh, primetime games? We're going to say that. <laughs> one, in, one in the last really one a lot of... One in 11. One in 11. One in 11. One in the millennium. millennium. And, and, and for those novices out there, uh, the first number is the win column, and mm-hmm. the uh, last number is the loss column. So that would be uh, one win and 11 losses in the last 12 primetime games. So... We have a lot to look forward to this Thursday night. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic celebration, uh, early celebration of Cassie and Jay's wedding. We will say that Cleveland on Thursday night is one in six. So again, one of the most popular Compelling. games yes. to watch. Yeah. Somebody must win this game. And now, and now, if we're if we're talking about the battle of the the uh, uh, Rust Belt cities. I would have to say that there is no doubt in my mind that I would rather be from the city of Buffalo. Mm. No, that goes without saying. Now, here's the thing. People will talk about, oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Give me a break. I will never go there in my <laughs> life. It is not hold a candle to Niagara Falls. And, yes, I understand Niagara Falls is not actually in Buffalo, but it's the <laughs> Buffalo-Niagara region. So I'm going to get off the microphone now and pass to Sujit, who's going to tell us about his thoughts for uh, the upcoming uh, game against the Browns and how our offense is going to fare against the Cleveland Browns defense. I tell you, they got a big, nasty, they got a big, nasty line. And so it's going to be very difficult for, uh, sorry, I got real excited with saying big, nasty. <laughs> I think it's going to be very difficult for us to run, but I think that the most important thing is that Nathaniel Hackett, the way he likes to run, is up the middle. And putting C.J. Spiller up the middle against a big, nasty line <laughs> is just not going to work out. So I think one of the keys to the game is how many carries Fred Jackson gets. If the call is up the middle and it's against a line that involves sneaking, finding the smallest of holes, that's what Fred Jackson is good at. And unfortunately, that's not what C.J. Spiller is good at. I do think that, you know, we all miss the screenplay, you know? Took it out of my mouth. Oh, and let's have Cassie talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> I was just going to go there. Thank you. So we all know last year in our very boring offense, but how many times did we throw the ball to C.J. Spiller coming out of the backfield? Or even Fred Jackson. You know, like, we have not seen that once this year. Let's just run the ball up the middle, run the ball up the middle, run the ball up the middle. And I'm telling you, 
Hackett, I know you're listening to us because this is this is how he prepares for his big games, listens to Bills and Beers. But throw the ball to C.J. Spiller on a screenplay, please. Uh, last year uh, against the Browns, C.J. actually hurt his collarbone, I think it was, on like a 60-yard screenplay. It worked against them last year. They do have uh, the a new defensive coordinator in Ray Horton and obviously their first-round draft pick, uh, Barkevius Mingo, am I saying that right? Am I pronouncing his? Um, so they, this is a very, very talented defense we're going against. Joe Hayden is a as, as much of a lockdown corner as they come. I honestly don't know what the keys to the success is going to be for our offense against this defense because it's going to be a tough game. I've, I feel very similar to how I felt before the Carolina game, except I have a lot more confidence in our defense mm-hmm. against Brian Hoyer than yeah. I did against Cam Newton. Whenever you don't know, all you need to all you need where is going to win the turnover battle is going to win this. No, game. I was I was going to I was actually going to put that out there as a precursor and make it make a like a, a, a Bills and Beers bylaw moving forward that no, no longer you're allowed to say keys of the game the team who gets the least turnovers. Yeah, no kidding. So it usually goes in the NFL, but. I think that, man, we have not talked about this enough. And I know the numbers don't necessarily bear it out. But if you watch this team play, it sure does. This defense is so much better than it was last year. And that obviously goes without saying because we had historically bad defense last year. But I have all the confidence in the world that our defense can shut down this Browns team while our offense kind of struggles to find it. I think I think what you said is the key is that the numbers don't show it. Um, you know, the reason that we are such not that great of a defense is because of a single player who had a really, really bad game that let up, you know, over 200 yards in passing, <laughs> you know. And so when you have that stat against your defense, that, that one player gave up 200 yards minus everybody else that did a reasonable job but not a great job, uh, you know, that, that inflates those stats. But, you know, we were talking a little bit about the average yards per carry that the, the defense is giving up and our yards against the rush. Uh, you know, it's it's a very different different team this year. And uh, all, by all reports, uh, Petten tweaked the scheme this past week, knowing that he didn't have McKelvin in the lineup and, and didn't put uh, Justin Rogers out there to play so much man defense. And obviously, it worked. Uh, but as you were saying, the stat to point to for the defense. This defense has also run more plays than any other team in the NFL. Now, the two teams right now that are being touted as having the fastest offenses, the Bills and the Eagles, have also played the most downs on defense. So not a lot of people are talking about the correlation there between how often our defense is being asked to play, and obviously that's bearing itself out in the total number of yards we're giving up because these guys are just on the field so much, and that's a product of the offense. I I would say they are on the field a ton, but I I would say in the fourth quarter against the the Ravens, I feel like our defensive line looked even better than they did in the first quarter. I thought Marcel looked fresh. Mario finally got out there and and, and made some pressure on on the quarterback. So I... It's one thing to say, yeah, they're out there a ton, but I did not feel against the Ravens that we were getting beat because of fitness. Bill, where's your confidence level at going into Thursday night game? Confidence level, uh, what are we doing? Uh, zero out of ten? We doing percentage? Uh, yeah, percentage. Hundred uh, percent would be we're going up against uh, a Catholic middle school girls team. Uh, lose. Yeah, <laughs> not Canisius. Zero percent. We're going up against the uh, the, the nineteen ninety Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm at eighty five percent, just like CJ. All right, <laughs> that's true. Who I, I fully expect to play. Okay, well, I, I want to make a I want to make a statement here because I. 
Ju- Justin Justin Rogers has gotten a lot of shit for his game for his horrible game. Because right? he's a bad football player. He's not a bad football player. He is a bad football player when he's thrust into being a number one a position as being a number one cornerback against the number one wide receiver for a team. That's not that's not his position. I think at some point this season, he is going to – it may not be this week, but it may be this week. It may not be next week. Uh, well, we've got a bye next week. No, we, no, do we don't. It no. may not be this year. We don't, we don't have a bye. It may not be this year. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be getting, time, getting to a point, and, and it is. We're all going to look at each other, and we're going to be like, Justin Rogers just made the play of the game. Okay, you heard it here first, Bills fans. Uh, well, speaking of hearing it here first, I think we're all feeling pretty much the same way about this Browns team. So uh, let's get right into predictions and Bills' favorite part of the show, the wild card portion. Hey. <laughs> well, we're coming up to the conclusion of our show, which means we're coming to Bills' favorite portion of the show, that, of course, being the wild card portion of the show it's the wild card and uh this week uh we're going to be celebrating the union of cassie and jay um, why so somber huh as as one who just went through it about 362 days ago myself um Not that we're <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's unfortunately and unfortunately i don't know if I'd, i i will not be in attendance for cassie's wedding because i'm taking a trip to milwaukee for my own anniversary you had to go and get married the day before I, I know it's a good day it is it's a good weekend it's a great weekend you picked a great weekend to get married it's the weather's always nice uh 60 chance of rain right now so. and <laughs> it, it, it rained it rained right up until we started taking pictures i kept telling jackie we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine and we were you guys are gonna be fine uh so with so many wedding bells in the air right now the wild card question of the week is if you could pick any of the buffalo bills players to give your best man speech who would it be and why Cass, you are the uh podcaster of honor tonight so why don't you lead us off well i'm not necessarily going to pick a man to give the best man speech but i will pick a guy to give the maid of honor the the bridesmaid speech and I love this guy. You guys know that I love this guy. He has to be my favorite Bills player of all time. It's going to be my boy, Eric Wood. <laughs> <laughs> He's your favorite Bill of all oh, time? He is, all he time. is by far my favorite player on the team. He's got those sweet cheeks. Yeah, he's got, he's got the rosy cheeks. Now, what, what, of, what of your life events do you think Eric Wood would highlight in a speech? You know... I could see Eric Wood and I being best friends since we were really little, playing Cabbage Patch Kids because he looks like a Cabbage Patch Kid, so I was really playing with him. This is a scenario that's obviously played out in your mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. But, um, no, Eric Eric Wood and I would have been best friends, braiding each other's hair, you know, playing <laughs> Barbies. And he's just a down-home good guy. I mean, come on. like, And he's a smart dude. When he's out there, he creates Besides last week. But pretty good penalties. I mean, he creates penalties. He's like, you know what? This guy's going to kill my quarterback. If I hold him and I get away with it, we get a 15-yard gain. If not, my quarterback dies. I mean, he's a smart guy. So, uh... <laughs> I just... <laughs> clearly. Clearly. So, I just see him looking good in the bridesmaid's dress. <laughs> giving that, that sentimental speech. Some tears trickling down his eyes. You know, as, as he says goodbye to his best friend, me. Oh, that is an excellent answer, Chris. I want to loop you in for this one. Uh, You—I don't see a ring on that finger, so this is not this is not a path you've yet gone down no, in your life. Uh, but if you had to pick a Bills player, who would it be? I'd probably go with uh, with Marcel Darius. <laughs> I just feel like he'd provide some sort of flair 
that I'd be missing in my own in the wedding, and since I have no clue what it would look like at all, young <laughs> young single guy just moved to Chicago. But I feel like Marcel Darius, he's a partying kind of guy. He's a fun fun guy. I, th- I feel like he'd provide some flair and some excitement to it. And all the guests would be looking at him, thinking one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> okay, uh, Suji, we're gonna move over to you here. You've had a wedding before. Yeah. What was your best man speech like? Before we get into it, my best man speech was my brother. And he just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. And it was funny, but then it just kept going and going and going. And so, um, but I'd have to say that if you're not going to pick Kyle Williams, are you? I was going to, but fine. All right, we're not going to talk about Kyle Williams because I had two choices. And I know it's my first podcast, but I'm going to continue to do it. (laughs) Uh, But I actually decided that my best man speech, I like funny best man speeches. And so I've definitely decided that Leotis McKelvin <laughs> or Marquise Goodwin are going to be my best man speech because you ever heard an interview from either of those two guys, there's laughs about. So that's what's going to happen. Question, nah, are you laughing with, laughing with them or laughing Don't at them? Don't worry about that. Don't worry Just about laughter. that. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll be too drunk to remember anyways. <laughs> Bill, I know you've given this a lot of thought. I'm sure you've already written your best man speech for him. So uh, who would it be for you? Without a doubt, I would pick C.J. Spiller. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, <laughs> Without a doubt. I'll tell you what comes to mind first when I when I think of him and, and why it sort of raised raised to the top of my head. And that was his little interview about SpongeBob and like him just like literally sitting down and I don't know he was just watching SpongeBob and eating like a Twix bar or something and just was like oh man, taking he took a couple like you know chomps on the on the Snickers bar. He's like I love SpongeBob. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing when he's going there in the, in the water or whatever he said, right? I mean, I just think that he would provide a lot of comedy, and he's not like the kind of guy who's going to be speaking with a lot of depth and a lot, <laughs> and, and a lot, and a lot of, and a lot of emotion, but he's one of those guys that will make you cry because of the truth that comes out of his mouth. And that truth this week is that he's 85% and he's going to bust up the Cleveland Browns. I like it. Uh, and, you know, outside. I think I think that the um, I think the same could be said for Fred Jackson. I feel like he would be a a man of few words, but those those words would floor everybody at the reception. Not to mention his uh, wife might be there, so that works out. Well. And that's, that's a bonus for everybody. Uh, Suge, you, I you man, almost managed to snipe mine, uh, and I've actually I have a. Um, Wait, didn't you just choose Fred Jackson? No, no, no. I Kyle Williams is going to be mine, and I, I pick Kyle Williams for probably eighty percent of all of the wild card. He's always been my favorite Bill for a while now, but that's why he'd be my best man speech because Kyle Williams has been with this miserable ball club since two thousand six. He's been through Dick Duran, he's been through Chan Gailey, and now he's with Doug Marone. And if if there's nothing else you can say about Kyle Williams, that guy has given it his all through thick and thin. So as a fan, I've been there. By Kyle Williams' side and vice versa, and I can only hope for good times for him. And, and who else would you want to introduce but Meatball? Exactly. Yes, the rolling ball of knives himself. Um, and I think that he's he would offer good perspective, which is why when he was mic'd up, um, I, I just want this guy to have a successful season. I want to have a winning season with him here in Buffalo because that's all that guy cares about. But because him and I have been through so much together, with him not even knowing my name, um, <laughs> I, would want, I, I want him to be up there. Thing is that, I mean, he doesn't talk a lot, but when he gives a speech, it changes this team. Exactly. You know, it's like the Fred he, Jackson factor. Right. I mean, like when he called out Mario or allegedly called out Mario, you know, the team started playing differently. Or when people were – when we were losing, the effort wasn't out there – it's when he like when he actually decides to make a statement, 
It's groundbreaking. So, hey. Totally agreed. Sorry. So, so, sorry to snipe yours away. Sujit steps up to the mic. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, that brings us to the final uh, part of the show here. Prediction time. Um, Thursday night game in Cleveland. Two, two, and two teams representing the Rust Belt. One great defense going against the other. Question marks abound at quarterback for both teams. This game could go either way. Cass, what's your final prediction? I said it earlier today at work to my dear friend Andrew Wiegand. Wiegand? 54 to 3. 54 to 3. Okay. All right. Bill? She went for it. I'll go 27-21. 27-23. Buffalo Bills victory. Okay. All right. Suge? 31-28 Bills. Okay, Chris? 21-17 Bills. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and be the contrarian. 17-13 Cleveland. He's doing this reverse engineering. I'm I'm setting the expectations low so I can be really happy Friday morning. I call in sick for work. Uh, Folks, thanks so much for joining us. Find our podcast on iTunes. Go to BillsAndBeers.com. That'll take you right to our Facebook page. Best way to communicate with us and tell every Bills fan you know to listen up. We have an official, unofficial sponsor now on the Bat Blue. Chris, thanks so much for coming by. Always welcome. Suge, always welcome as well. Finally, glad to have you here. A little bit. Congratulations. (laughs) And congratulations Congratulations. in advance. Uh, By the time we're back, you'll be on your honeymoon. So. Cassie. To Mrs. Cassie. We'll be, and I can't call you the Miss, uh, lovely Miss Cassie Ozark. What are we going to be calling you moving forward? Uh, you can just go with Cassie. Okay, the lovely Miss Cassie. I, the, the problem is, is I, I have a hard time pronouncing my new last name. So. Understood. <laughs> and so does Jackie. Okay, well, uh, it'll be a couple weeks before we talk to you again. Thursday night, it's going to be a lot of fun. Go Bills. Go Bills. The Bills make me want to shout